This is National Indigenous Peoples Day, and so all across the country, we're talking about some of the major issues and the challenges facing Indigenous people in this country, but it is also really important on a day like this to celebrate the culture. That's certainly a big part of what Chef Shane Chartrand has done in his career, celebrating his heritage, all while creating some outstanding food. Uh, Shane's joining us here live on 630 Ched Mornings. Good morning, Chef. How are you? Tante, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing reasonably well on a Monday when it's going to be hot. So there you go. Doing okay. Uh, Tell me just what's going on with your career right now. What what are you up to? Um, Right now, what I'm doing is I'm working still on all my projects that I have going on, which is is, um, my big thing is Indigenous food um, and making sure that message is very loud and clear. Um, it's very interesting because what I have coming forward and the options I have coming forward are very interesting, but I want to be careful because um, a lot of people don't really understand what that means. They always go back to Bannock. They always go back to Pemmican or whatever, but there's a lot more to it. So, you know, that's uh, that's a role that I play and I enjoy doing it. It's not, I'm, I'm by the way, I'm no historian <laughs> in no means, so I don't know everything about it. I'm still learning. I'm I'm 46 years old. I've been doing this for years and years and years, and when cooking that is. But the indigenous food side of things, I've been doing for about 13, 14 years. Okay, so much to learn. Well, tell me what you've learned then so far, because what okay. you know from my point of view, I would have gone you know panic and pemmican because that's the stereotype. But what is indigenous food? Okay, so. Um, I'll start with this. Yesterday, a lady called me up, and she said, I have a gift for you. I want you to stop by my house. So I drove to her home, and she um, gifted me a pipe, and she gifted me some regalia, which is um, indigenous dancing. Um, This is more of a uh, talking stick or whatever, but a talking stick is um, something where when indigenous people are talking in a round circle, Whoever has a stick is the only person that can speak. Okay. That way, that person has his moment. Now, that does go into food on so many different levels. Um, indigenous food, you know, a lot of people would say hunting, fishing, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That is very, very much very indigenous, but also anyone can do it. So it doesn't mean that if you're just hunting and fishing, you're just doing indigenous food. There's spirituality behind it. There's a belief system. Mm. And some indigenous people actually, whenever they catch a fish, they'll pray to the fish. So that's the spirituality behind it. They're praying to it to thank it for giving its life to feed their family. So things like this are really important in the indigenous world because that's just the way it is. That's the way it should. That's the way it should be in as humans. Period. Mm. It's very old. And there's just so much more to it. That's just a small, small little example. Yeah, but sometimes it's not all about the ingredients. It's about the attitude and how you how you address it, I guess. Yeah, well, it's about the attitude, and that's where I that's why Tawau did so good. My cookbook, Progressive Indigenous Cuisine, with Jennifer Cockerell King, who is non-Indigenous. Now, listen to this. This is a very interesting question okay. or a, a, a very interesting point. I picked someone who was non-Indigenous to help me write my book. I picked the best writer I could find to help me write Tuau. And the reason being, to answer your question, I know I'm talking with a cookbook right now, but it still, it still ties into the same thing. 
I pick someone who's non-Indigenous because they're the ones that are going to have the questions I don't think about. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yep. It's sort of the naive side. It's the side that, you know, like a lot of people are scared to talk to Indigenous people about certain things. But now is the time for us to speak louder and, and um, you know, get our hearts beating quicker and be more excited about what we are and what we do. And so when we wrote that book about ingredients, um, Jennifer Cockrell King is a hunter she well like a light hunter she yeah. fishes a lot she's very outdoorsy tell me that's not the right person to have for you know for <laughs> um getting the questions about indigenous food out of me to write that book and to answer questions like you're asking me because you know and and i hear it pop up periodically the the, the term cultural appropriation you know, like the, taking on somebody else's culture and, and try, but, but the, there's a difference between that and actually paying homage and and wanting to learn and 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 basically honor uh, somebody else's heritage yeah see and, and that gets into more of a political point yeah um but it does See, see, the big thing right now is the one big thing that I'll always say, and I've, I've said it for quite a long time, is cultural, um, like like culture, period. I mean, you could be anything. It, it doesn't necessarily need to be Indigenous. It could be Irish, English, whatever. I like pierogies. That doesn't mean I'm culturally appropriating the Ukrainian <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Like and, and, and let's be honest. I don't sit around eating smoked, smoked salmon every single night of the week or bison or lamb. You, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, there's a reality and there's a reality behind that but but i mean as long as you're as long as you're tuned in and you understand and you're you, you know ask the right questions mm-hmm. and by the way you are um there's a lot of people that ask silly questions that are always negative like why is there always the you know natives or whatever you, know, you get what i'm saying there's yeah. always going to be some kind of negatives in there and if you start a conversation with a negative i'm not going to talk to you because that's just that's, that's straight rude, and um, that's also a, a very strong point too. Like I mean, like I work very hard at what I do, and I work very hard to. I, re, I do a lot of research. I mean, I had to go to the archives. I went to the Edmonton archives. Went to the Toronto archives. Um, if you go to the Edmonton archives, you'll find very little about Indigenous people's food. Mm-hmm. Very little, because they never wrote it down. Well, so imagine that, how hard it was for me to, to get this information and why it took so long. Yeah, give me an idea of your background, uh, how you grew up, that kind of thing. Did you have uh, uh, family heritage you could draw upon in any way uh, on for you on a personal level? I do, yes. Matter of fact, uh, so I'm a 60 scoop survivor, so I was taken away from a family by the government mm-hmm. when, I was a, when I was very young, and then I was put into foster care, and then I was adopted, thank the creator for this one, I was adopted into a Métis family, oh. a Mi'kmaq Métis family. And they were, they had a foster home and everything, and they, I was the only kid in their family. Like, I got two, I got three siblings, and I was the only one that was adopted. And the reason why I was adopted was because, well, my mom really liked me when she met me. She thought it was funny and goofy. <laughs> but it was never about the cultural, the, the culture behind it. It wasn't even a thought, right? But... You know that's how I started out, and then my dad said, "We, I don't want to, I don't want you to ever lose your roots. So we're going to teach you how to hunt, fish, outdoors, and we're going to teach you it all. And then you're going to understand food. Now, my dad is not a chef, and my dad doesn't even like to cook. 
Um, but when he does, he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. But he just, he's the one that taught me how to uh, appreciate the land, appreciate the outdoors. Matter of fact, yesterday I was with my girlfriend and I was explaining my dad would be, would, we'd stand outside. We were, were like way in the bush somewhere and we'd, he wants to go outside and just walk around, not say a word, and just listen to the outdoors, listen to the nature. And I was just, it, he taught me so many values. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, that's how I was raised for sure. Yeah. And I, I, was, I grew up on a farm, so I was hunting, uh, killing chickens, geese, ducks, all that kind of stuff. I had, we had horses, everything. Yeah, and and so yeah, you you can infuse some of your own uh, childhood and heritage and your and your and your, uh-huh. your 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 formative years. But when we say Indigenous peoples, <laughs> I mean that's a huge umbrella group for everywhere from from the West Coast to the East Coast. With each individual group having their own unique sensibilities, their own histories, and their own probably food, all often still based on hunting and gathering, but but still differences. So I can see why it would take a lot of research to try and and touch in on a whole bunch of these. Well, and that's just it. Like, I mean, I'm sitting here in my living room. I got a binder full of this stuff. I've got about, I don't know, 100 cookbooks in here of research and everything. Yeah. My whole life around um, reading about people that grew up on the prairies. Um, um, when we talk about Tuao and that cookbook and everything, there's also a lot of there's a lot of research behind that too about how to do it, where to get the information. Um, um, am I talking about spring, summer, winter, fall? Am I talking about? There's yeah. just so many things, and um, that's what makes it. That's what makes it so exciting, right? And you get to you get to be an ambassador uh, in your own way, in your own world. You you went through a sort of a reality show run there for a while and did fairly well. What was it, what was the reaction, and were you welcomed in by sort of the larger chef community uh, with with some okay. of your attitudes and, and how you were bring what you were bringing to the to the stage? <laughs> it's very interesting because I've been on. How many shows have I been on? Lots, like Iron Chef, Chopped, Chop Canada. Yeah. I was on Walla Chefs. I was on Fridge Wars. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I don't like to say people's names mm-hmm. when I get interviewed, but I will say this guy's name. My hero, and he's in my cookbook. When I was a kid, he still is. Uh, more so now than ever, just because of our conversations. Is a chef from Toronto named Suser Lee. Suser Lee. When I was on um, the Wall of Chefs, all he did was ask questions about indigenous food. Where, did, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Did you live on an acreage, on a farm? Did you live on a reserve? Mm-hmm. And he was just super interesting because I didn't expect him to ask me all those questions. And But he was engaged in you. He was. He didn't yeah. talk about himself at all. And he's, he's extremely cool. famous. Um, even when I was in LA and Toronto, there's a lot of big chefs out there too. They were just like, you guys still live in teepees? <laughs> like, holy cow. You know, that's the, uh, it's, it's crazy what people think and what, but it's really important to correct them though, because they don't mean it. They, like nobody's ever really been rude yeah. um, to me about my culture. Um, certainly a lot of people don't even think I'm indigenous. I, I'm picked to be Spanish. Um, uh, Mexicans are big ones. You know, I don't know why. And maybe it's because I don't really have a strong accent or maybe yeah. just the way I dress or whatever. But 
That's okay. I correct. I just correct them. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's it's part of a wider conversation. I appreciate you joining me and having this one uh, today, Shane. It's been great talking to you. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Okay, cheers. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.